Cozy bring you another episode of Run the Tape with my co-host and illustrious partner Jazz. We are looking to bring you the weekly review of music, ranging from new projects to buzzworthy topics that you might have missed. You can always tune into our show at www.runthetape.com to hear our weekly podcast on SoundCloud, view our visual show on YouTube, and you can also play some of the tracks that we refer to on Spotify. Um, after the show, continue the conversation with us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At run the tape. Yay. So it's been it's been a week. It's been a whole week since Holy. we did the first show. Um, I also I just want to thank everybody for that initial support that we really got from everybody. Everyone that reposted, everyone that shouted us out, everyone that listened. We reached a hundred views on YouTube, which is you know small steps, baby steps, you know. Uh, out here. Exactly, <laughs> and we're just really grateful for the support and everybody that's been you know <clears throat> pushing behind us. So we do this for you. And uh, obviously, you want to hear what we got to say, and we want to hear what you got to say as well. So let's get this conversation started. As far as music, man, what's uh, what, what's the week been like for you? Um, I've actually been listening to a lot of Rhapsody, her latest project. Um, I've been listening to someone who's a little lesser known. She's, you know, she just started out on SoundCloud, I think maybe two, two, three years ago. Um, her name is Deanna Lopez, and I've been mm. really feeling her vibe. Um, just nice, like calm music, nice beats, good, you know, tracks to listen to while you're in the crib, trying to get some work done, just okay. trying to vibe out. Um, and then, of course, my usuals: Isaiah Rashad, Mick okay. Jenkins, yeah. you know, my go-to's. Mick, did you hear the Mick? Uh, his latest, his latest one. Yeah. Yo, his latest project. If what's you... called uh, no, no component or nah, uh, nah, nah. What's, what's called? Nah, not that one. Um, the one with the black and white. Cover. Yeah, Isn't yeah. I, it's called? crazy. I, I listen to it so much, and I don't even know the name of this shit. Just give me. It's crazy because if you. That's why I need my laptop. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the name of his yeah, it's called or more oh, the anxious. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's some really. I was thinking of healing. I mean, I the was healing thinking component of this. Is the I was thinking of, the of this, but the words I was thinking of healing component yeah. for some reason. But yeah, if you if you have not heard Mick Jenkins, you you are missing out. Mick Jenkins coming out of Chicago. He's definitely up and coming. You know, I think he's arrived. Debut album came out last year. Yeah. Um, the healing component probably was in it was it was in my top ten last year, but you know it didn't get that much notoriety but anyway but that's cool that's what you that's what that's yeah. what you got going he's, on he's so so entertaining to watch in concert like if you ever go to his shows because i prefer the shows that are in like much smaller venues like if you ever go to highline ballroom or something yeah. like that as opposed to big arenas not not to knock it you know it's cool and all but i like the more intimate settings when they actually pause to talk to the crowd yeah. i mean cole actually does that in his concerts even though he's talking to stadiums but i like that much smaller venue and you know some of these like I don't know if he's really considered lesser known. Now he may not be mainstream, he's not but he's mainstream. not underground. You feel okay. me? But I like some of these like smaller artists doing these small venues. Intimate it's, shows. Yes, the intimate, intimate shows, shows are just so much better. You get more just out of so it. So much better. One of the, and half the time they're free too. So. Exactly. One of the best shows that I saw was um, <clears throat> I saw Jay Z at Terminal Five. Mm. I saw the B sides concert uh, a couple years ago, and we we talked about being intimate, being close, and that was a really close show i mean like jay was not that far away from you know where we were watching him from and it was definitely like a tightness space yeah. and he was rocking with it so I, I definitely agree with you 100 percent. those smaller venues 
you know, when you go to Webster Hall and some of these larger places, you can kind of feel out of touch a little bit. Yeah. But when you get into these small, cramped spaces, it just makes for an overall, like, better, yeah. better type of environment. Yeah. Like, when you compare and contrast, if you ever see an artist before they get big and then you go to one of their shows, like, it's such a different, different vibe. Yeah. Like, yes, you still get the same music. It's still fun. It's still enjoyable. But, like, I haven't seen Kendrick in a big venue yet. Like, I've seen him when he did smaller concerts. Same right. with, well, I've seen SZA. The biggest venue I've seen SZA now is Afropunk, which isn't huge, but it's still big. And it, it's a whole different vibe, you know? Yeah. Like, I've seen uh, Schoolboy Q in very small venues, and then I saw him when he got big. Like, it's just, it's so much better when it's a, when it's a small, small little situation. It's you so just much supporting, better. just supporting TDE all day. I, all day. I, Everything's TDE I am, today. Yo, I'm TDE heavy. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, because you know what it is, is... I rocked with them individually before they yeah, became exactly. a collective. And then the fact that all these artists that I liked on their own came yeah. together to become like, that was it's a like, big deal. This is like me. a super team. It's man. like, wait, I was fucking with Kendrick. And then now y'all bring it in. Zay, and then you yeah. bring this like, that's a big I think deal. That, for me. I think that you put a post up on Instagram. You was playing, um, mind control. Were you yeah. playing mind control? I, I think that's like one of your favorite projects, I right? I love control. I like. I, well, it was, was a control system. It was, Isn't it control it was system? A, it was a song. I was playing a song from um, Absol's latest album. But control system is one of my. Well, it's his best project. Yeah. If you argue that, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But control system is one of my favorite TDE projects altogether. Yeah. Like. It's good. Good. Good all the way through. As far as I mean, maybe myself, man. So it's been an interesting week. A lot's going on. Um, Eminem's new album is coming out um, Revival <laughs> I know we touched on Eminem a little bit before And um, the track list was released um, Via social media Actually 2 Chains put the post up And put up some emojis He wasn't on the actual Track list But I think that he may be He may end up on a deluxe mm -hmm. The deluxe version of it Which is great um, Cause I can't never get enough. You listen to my man, my boy Chains, man. Can't never get enough <laughs> of that. Um, but Turn as far as the track list, um, there's only one rapper on Revival. Fresher, do you know who Fresher I is? I have no idea. So who Fresher, that is. Fresher is a uh, Brooklyn. I think he's out of New York. Brooklyn rapper coming out of New York. He's up and coming. Kind of, you know, is in his own scene right now. But um, but yeah, that's that's what he has going on. Um, aside from that, everyone else is like white pop. He's got Skylar Gray, who's he, who he's done, you know, numerous work mm -hmm. with, uh, Pink, Kehlani, Alicia Keys, Beyonce for Walk on Water, which was just, yeah, whatever. I feel like he, I feel like he just should have called it Walk on Shit because that's what <laughs> I feel like that's just what it was. Ed Sheeran and X Ambassador. So, Eminem, I know he's a white pop artist. I know he's not, you know, Slim Shady at this point. Marshall Mathers LP is long behind us, you know, and I know he's just entered a different phase in his career, but it's hard in a way to get excited when you know that you're not going to, you, you're not going to see Royce the Five Nine. You're not going to see Joe Budden. You're not going to see anybody from D12. Like I would, you know, I yeah. would kill to see Bizarre. You know, from D12 on this project, I would really like to see, you know, him support. I mean, I know he supported for a long time, but you just want to see that con continued um, presence in the hip hop community. And and the fact that his Trump verse was great, you know, and it opened up a lot of eyes. But I don't but think it? I don't think it, it it did, but it didn't depend. It was like a shock value, and Eminem has always been good for a shock value type situation. I but, have to disagree with that. But I think that. 
But I think that Trump not responding took a lot of fizzle out of that. Like him not saying anything back to it. It was like Eminem was talking to us and then that was it. Mm, I'm a little more upset about the fact that Eminem spoke out about the fact that Trump didn't respond. That I think I've took a bigger issue with that because first of all, when it comes to anything revolving around Donald Trump, there is no shock value, in my opinion. Yes, Eminem is one of the kings of causing drama, rivalries with everyone inside and outside of hip-hop, beef, all of that. But when it comes to Donald Trump, there's nothing you can say about Donald Trump, good or bad, that's gonna shock me. Like, oh my God, what? Like, right now, we're <laughs> supposedly at the brink of war, if you're, no Korea if, on deck. Yeah, if you if you tell me right now that there's a missile already launched on its way, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be shocked. I'm like, oh word, all right, I'm not about to pay my rent this month. Like yeah. that's my attitude towards. So I think the fact that yes, I am kind of like okay, Donald Trump didn't didn't respond, even though he responds to everything. Like them Twitter fingers always moving, but the fact that Eminem needed to like he was mad that Donald Trump didn't respond. It's like okay. Like now, yeah. now it makes me question, like why you even did this. Like when you speak out about these issues, it's not necessarily to get a response; it's to open up the dialogue about this this conversation, which right. really doesn't need to be any more open. Like it's as open as it's gonna get. Yeah. So now you're mad that he didn't respond. Like he's not a rapper; he doesn't. Trump doesn't need to respond with a diss track. Like low key Trump. Trump's got bars. Fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think on the humble, he's got bars tucked away for everybody. Uh, everybody that's throwing shots <laughs> right now. Get the fuck I would out not of be here. surprised, man. If Trump came out with something, that shit would go number one Please. real fucking quick. Um, aside from the whole Eminem track list, um, you know, we'll we'll wait we'll wait to listen to it and see what he's got for us. Obviously, mm -hmm. we won't judge a book by his cover, but this cover is looking like a, a novella novel right yeah. now so i'm interested to see what he's got um mace mace is supposedly on a comeback tour i think that he's making his rounds um you know he, <laughs> so he did he did all this <laughs> you know well i told you the my man is back you know mason mason Bratha is making his moves um and obviously unfortunately due to um just the holidays you know there won't be a show next week but we will connect with everybody the week after. So we look forward to, you know, I was just wanted to give everybody a heads up for all of you that are salivating, ready, ready, and just <laughs> waiting for us and just like can't even contain yourselves waiting for episode three. It will be pushed back um, just to give us a week to, you know, just you know, wind down a little you know, bit, absorb more enjoy music, the family, enjoy the family a little bit. Exactly. So we, we, we got to eat too. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, speaking of making some political statements and kind of getting people riled up, um, Joyner Lucas, who was actually the rapper who I forgot the name of last week when I was oh, talking okay. about, he was a rapper that did the Gucci Gang uh, remix where he kind of came at Lil Pump a little bit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he came out with uh, he came out with this track called um, "I'm Not Racist." Not racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't heard the track, I'm going to play it a little bit for you. Just a little bit. Yeah, and really, it's not even so much the track. Of course, the track itself has power, but it's something that you need to watch the video with before you can even give any type of opinions you on, know, it, on yeah. it. Because, of course, the way it starts out with 
this white man with his, you know, make America great yeah. cap. And, you know, he's already talking about nigga this and that. Like, yeah, at first you're like, wait date. a second. So, yeah. you know, there's definitely some some shock value there. But, yeah, for those of you who have not heard it, uh, I'll give you a little bit of it right now. With all due respect, I don't have pity for you black niggas. That's the way I feel. Screaming black lives matter or the black guys rather be dead beats than pay your bills. Yelling nigga this and nigga that. Call everybody nigga and get a nigga mad. As soon as I say nigga, then everyone react. Wanna swing at me and call me racist cause I ain't black. We'll pound that then. Talking about slavery like you was around back then. Yeah, so that's uh Joanna Lucas. I'm not racist. Uh powerful tracks. And actually that part where he refers yelling nigga this and nigga that calling everybody nigga and getting nigga mad. As soon as I say nigga, then everybody, everyone react and want to swing at me and call me racist because I ain't black. Yeah. And just to clarify, since we only played uh, a snippet of the song, the way the video is lined up, the first half of the song, the song is maybe like five, five Six and a half minutes. minutes. Yeah. Six minutes. Six minutes long. The first half of the song is supposed to be spoken from the perspective of a white man. So what you just saw or what you just heard is being spoken by a white man in the video. And then the second half is the response to um, to the white man. It's from a black young black male um, basically saying all the stuff that we would say to respond to yeah. a white person saying, I'm not racist, but... I mean, I, I think personally that um, Joanna Lucas, I think it's an incredible song. I think that I think is I think that obviously you can nitpick it. You can pick at it all you want. I just think that him, you know, there's certain verses and certain standout parts that really stuck out to me as well. You know, he touches on welfare when he refers to. You know, obviously, why, yeah, exactly on on uh, liquor, weed, and you know, trying to trying to sell them instead of to get a babysitter. Talked about the NFL, says bunch of class clowns, niggas kneeling on the field. That's a flag down. How dare you try to make demands for this money? You're gonna show some respect. You're gonna stand for this country. I mean, I feel like he bottled up a lot of the contentious feelings that you that we're getting right now from from white America, um, whether it be basketball hip-hop politics he didn't obviously touch on everything because that's a much longer song mm -hmm. but i think that he was able to bottle up some real key feelings that yeah. that we hear on a regular regular day basis and like approaching it from a from a topic of this is that veiled racism like this is veiled but now he just kind of blew it open like you should stand for the flag because you're an american no nigga you should stand for the flag because this country does so much for you because you can't do it for yourself and you wouldn't be a millionaire if, if we didn't give you this chance to run on this field and like that he kind of like unearthed like he kind of like flapped the carpet a little bit got all the dust up in the air so you can get everything i kind of disagree with that okay i feel like because of the racial climate that we live in today there's nothing that like, there's no sweeping anything under the rug now. Everything is out in the open because of social media, more specifically because of black Twitter. So there's nothing that you can put out into the atmosphere that people don't already know about for the most part. So him discussing the flag, um, white people using the N-word, all of that, I don't think it's eye-opening for anybody unless you're legit ignorant or living under a rock or in your Eurocentric bubble or whatever it is. But he definitely did touch on some important topics that... 
I do think need to be discussed continuously and we need to normalize the idea of opening up this dialogue. So I'm all here for that. Um, <clears throat> on the surface, I like this song. I like the video. I won't just say the song. I like the video. It's I can't, a package. Yeah, it's, it's, a package. it's a package. You can't you can't just listen to the song because you're not going to get the same understanding of the purpose of it. So you have to talk about the video along with the song. So I like the video, the way it was shot. Um, I liked how he had the white male versus the black kid, and they're speaking from two different perspectives, but on the same topics. I like that. On the surface, it was it was cool. It had a nice flow. It had a dope beat. Like I'm I'm here for it. But if you do want to dive a little bit deeper, and I'm really not gonna get that deep into it because I saw the reactions from Twitter, and I love seeing how. Like, you know, Twitter, when, once Twitter starts to drag you for something, not saying that they dragged him, but once Twitter starts to drag you, that's low-key, like, the end of your career for <laughs> for, yeah. a, for a cool minute. But um, I do think some people on Twitter, because they were pretty split. Some people were like, wow, this is super powerful, and some people were like, nah, this is some propaganda bullshit. I'm a little split as well, but I do think, to a certain extent, Black Twitter went in a little bit too hard on this song. Like, they were expecting him to talk about every single aspect of racism and what's wrong with this society when it comes to systematic racism institutional racism and it's like you can't expect him to touch on every single topic it's within a six like song the song already. is six minutes is right. long enough like okay he didn't talk about mass incarceration he didn't talk about all this other stuff but i do think the song was problematic to a certain extent because one he was definitely perpetuating a lot of racial stereotypes for black people he's like you don't understand this what do you say like chicken and watermelon and this like okay yeah, i get he's, it but it's like understanding said, um, mm -hmm. understanding or not, the misunderstanding of black culture is not synonymous with racism. People aren't racist because they don't understand the culture. Like, yes, if you understand something more, you're less likely to be racist against it. But racism itself is about power. It's about controlling something. So whether they understand it or not, if you're racist, okay, you understand how hip-hop works. You understand the dances. You understand all of this. But that itself doesn't, like, you're still trying to control it. Whether you're, like, it doesn't, no. I think it was problematic in that sense, and I don't think you can compare racism, like white people being racist, whether they think they're racist or not, to black people being a recipient of racism. Because and being racism, defensive. exactly, because racism is not a two way street. It's not. Okay? Reverse racism is bullshit. That shit does not exist. It's a one way street. So. For every for the white guy to say all, I think it was definitely powerful the fact that the white guy went first. But for the white guy to say all of this stuff to say like, oh, I can't say nigga and you guys welfare checks and blah blah blah. But it's like to say that and then we have to respond to that with it. It just it it just it hit me like some of some of the lines, not all of it, but some of the lines just hit me a little bit. Just not the it wrong just, way. Just the wrong way. Yeah, and then okay. on top of that, and like one of just an example for him to say something like, "If your pants weren't sagging, you wouldn't get shot by the cops" or stuff like that. Let's be clear: Martin Luther King was in a was in a suit that didn't stop a bullet from entering his skull. So like you can, you yeah. got you, you got to miss me with this, with some of that. So I think he was trying to open up the conversation. I don't think he was intending to be. You know, he to wasn't. be, you know, he, he wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't have bad intentions with this, but you can tell that he is a bit misinformed about the way racism, systematic racism, institutional racism works in this country. So I, you know, I commend you for wanting to discuss it, but I mean, 
Which is sometimes that's all nah. it takes. It, sometimes someone has to open it up a little bit, just yeah. open up the floodgates and get the conversation going. And the conversation has been going for some time. We get that, mm-hmm. but I feel like you know I, I feel like he addressed a couple of different things that do kind of like like strike with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. The nigga, the nigga response that the black guy had where you said the power in the world, nigga, is a different sin. Yeah, we shouldn't say it, but we do, and that's just what it is. And but that doesn't mean you can say it just because you got nigga friends. Yeah, I think that. He was able to deliver certain things that we say to one another. Like, yes, I get it. I understand that your sister or the lines where he was talking about, I got a, my sister's boyfriend's black. Yeah. So-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so's baby daddy is black, you know? And that whole type of six degrees of separation makes me part of the part yeah. of the crew as well. There was some realities that he brought up where I'm like, you know what? I do hear that shit. Or yeah. you know what? I, I do get that shit. And I'm glad that somebody put that shit out there for people to understand and recognize that, you know what? that's not cool or you or you justifying what you're saying by saying it's i'm not racist but then what you say after that is completely racist on the show i know he was on um he was on ebro in the morning and uh, ebro felt that he took he he kind of felt like you where he kind of took the more passive the black the black guy took a little bit more passive route felt like he Mm -hmm. didn't get to get all of his shit off his chest Mm -hmm. like he just kind of scratched the surface a little bit but like you said it's not equal right the Mm -hmm. black guy the white guy's part was going to be three minutes and the black guy's part was going to be fucking 15 it was going to be dominating and what joiner said was that he wanted he he said that he wanted to to keep it decently equal because of the fact that he wanted it to feel like there was a resolution at the end of the song that they understood which I still think is bullshit which he said that I, I wanted them I wanted to feel like at the end of the video they, they dap it up and they hug right mm-hmm. and they kind of have this kumbaya moment where it's like now I understand you more now I understand you more you're not a nigger anymore you're not a cracker anymore like he kind of had this moment and he said we wouldn't have been able to get to that moment if the black guy just unloaded just like a fucking banana clip because that's generally, that's generally what we can do a white guy can say all lives matter as soon as a white guy opens his mouth it's just like brrrah. it's just all yeah. over you because you got one or two shots right but as as a black man i can point out a bevy of different things that can that can put your shit to bed and i'm always gonna have the advantage over you regardless yeah. because this country was made for you by you mm-hmm. right it was made obviously by us as a people but it was but built it was, by it us, built it, was by us. it was made for you it, it was meant to march it was meant us. to yeah exactly so you I always, i'm always going to have the leg up on you in this type of conversation you a, yeah, a, a white guy can never come to me and say yo i, I feel I feel like you're being racist. I mean, obviously, I, I am extremely conscious to what I say towards white people. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's but sometimes I have these moments. Like, I was at work the other day, and um, there was a colleague of mine who was playing like rock music or whatever. And then there was another colleague that walked in, and he was playing like Taylor Swift. And I just had this moment when I was like, "Listen, guys, it's just too much white music. It's just too much white music <laughs> right now. I can't, I can't take it. It's too much. Like, you guys are killing me." And they're like, "Well, I'll have you know that there are some non, some non-white people." Who listen to this as well and i'm thinking in my head like get the fuck out of here you only saying that shit because you feel some type of way about what yeah. i said but it's also but when i'm in the office i don't play jay-z i don't play all this other shit because i don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable at the same time too mm-hmm. you know but i think that this i think that the song is great and joiner is a i think joiner is a great artist one he um he has a new album he has a new project that just came out um it's actually crazy because he titled the album after his phone number 
like kind of doing a Mike Jones type situation where you can mm-hmm. call him up and you could talk to him or whatnot. And I think or that he's touching. Yeah. Touch or like you can kind of touch base with him a little bit. And he also sh- sent shots at not shots, but kind of like took note with future and little Wayne and kind of just was like, listen guys, I know last week we talked about rappers, you know, perpetuating this whole, like this whole idea of drug use and it being, you know, basically the only way to, to move, whether it be, um, whether it be Lil Yachty or Lil Uzi Vert or whatever. And he kind of said like, the reason why they even get to that point is because they see the predecessors before them being successful future. Lil Wayne, but Eminem did it too. Eminem definitely was out there talking about shrooms and all these different type of drugs and popping pills and shit before that. Purple Pills was that D12 hit single yeah. from a couple years ago and nobody was saying nothing then cause also because nobody was probably dying you know, the way that they are right now and that was like kind of scratching the surface. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, join a Lucas, check it out. Um, I'm Not Racist, we played a little bit of it here. Just kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit, you know, and kind of make sure that you guys are aware about songs like this. But why But why aren't we getting tracks like this a little bit more regularly, especially with these socially conscious artists that we have now, like J. Cole, Kendrick? Why are we not getting like songs that are extremely like visceral like this? Because it would come off as extremely phony. We live in such... Like the racial climate right now is really like off off the scale right now. When what I prefer is well, first of all, it depends on who what audience you're targeting. In my opinion, if you're trying to send a message to black people like, yo, this is what's going on right now, y'all need to get your shit together, I prefer it to be a little bit more subtle. Because when you're, if you're on a song and you're yelling out Black Lives Matter, that statement itself isn't for black people. It's coming from black people being spoken to white people, to white America, to capitalist America, to people who are racist, to a racist society. So if you come out with something that's so blatantly talking about racism, it depends on who your audience is. And I feel like if you're going to come out with something that's like just in your face talking about like this shit needs to stop blah 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 you're not talking to black people therefore you don't need a subtle message you need it to be boom in your face but Kendrick talks about this J. Cole talks about this so many artists do talk about it but they talk about it subtly in because, a subtle way. because they're telling black people to get your shit together because is that I feel do you also like, not to cut you off do you think that's what Jay Z also did in four four four. Like yeah, that's what no, he was doing no, too. Definitely. I think that was the one of the best applications of it. Exactly. In recent memory. Exactly. I think get your to, credit to, up. To like, list, all that shit. to get to black people, whether it's through music, through film and television, you need to be subtle and you need to make it seem normal. Like you're slowly changing their way of thinking without them realizing it. It's like when you read a book, like you're slowly picking up on these things. And then by the time you hit midway to the end of the book, you're like, whoa, you you know, you know what what that reminds me of Um, in the movie Birth of a Nation, Mm -hmm. Nat Turner, when he was when he went around preaching, he would preach, he would preach a message 
beneath the message. Exactly. Where he would he would tell you what you know you he would say it so where the white people weren't like whoa what's going on right now. Exactly. But he would say he would speak these certain verses that would hit a nerve in the black people and get them to understand what it is he's really trying to say. Yeah. And it's so amazing that you said that because that's the feeling that I get when I listen to J Cole and I listen to Kendrick. They have this wordplay that allows them to say it to where it's commercially viable, mm -hmm. but then say it to where it has these undertones that hit you if you know what they're referring yeah. to. Yeah, and I think naturally because of the way black people have been censored in this country going back centuries and centuries, how we express ourselves, like we've had to be very coded with it. And so I think because of that it has evolved into television and music like just for an example to go into television i don't want to go too much into this but it's like when you watch shows like insecure she doesn't have to yell out black lives matter for us to get the vibe like she's wearing a shirt that says the fbi killed fred hampton or molly's wearing a shirt with trayvon martin on or something like that it's subtle and those are the things that we pick up on or like just little things like little microaggressions where a white person will say something a black person will roll their eyes we understand that eye roll. We don't need them to like yell out, oh my God, this is so wrong, blah, blah, blah. But white people need that. White people don't understand that subtlety. And so when it comes to music, white people need that, like that, this is what's going on because it goes so over their head because they don't have to think about this on a day-to-day -day basis. So right. when Macklemore dropped his white privilege, a lot of black people were just like, yeah, this is nothing new. But a lot of white people were like, wait, what? We have privilege that doesn't exist, blah, blah. So they need they need stuff to be like spelled out for them. Whereas for right. us, we already know, so we need it to be a little bit more subtle for us to like understand it on a different level. Got so it. I think if an artist today is gonna come out and talk about racism, just how they portray it determines who it is that they're talking to. So in this song, because it's legit split down the middle, this is for white people, this is for black people. It is it is for it is for everybody. But again, I think there's, like I said, it's a little bit problematic. I don't think too many black people are going to look at this song and be like, really quite. I mean, some of it is legitimate, like you said, with the welfare and all of that. Some of it is definitely stuff that black people should be like, oh, okay, yeah, he's kind of right. right about yeah, this. Yeah, he's right about but this. But because of the racial climate today, I think it's not black people who need to be, like, enlightened about racism. We need to be enlightened about how to handle it and how to... um funnel that into something productive for the community. It's exactly. white people who need to like take this and be like, wow, okay, maybe I do have privilege. Hey, maybe, you know, me ignoring this is actually causing more of a problem than, you know. So that's that's my take on that. Well those guys, I mean so it's, it's an ongoing conversation which we can always we can talk about this shit all all show. Oh, but let's continue, you know, let's obviously continue the conversation on social media. If you, you know, weigh in, let us know how you feel. Hit us in the comments below, um, below the post and Instagram, and just give us your feelings. Um, on a lighter note, my man Big Sean, <laughs> Sean Dawn, came out with uh, two albums in 2017, yeah. which which is which is great. Rick Ross has been one of the artists that have done that. Um, Hov's done that. Um, DMX did that. You oh. know, yeah, I think I think Jay Z came out with two projects in one year. Never came out with projects. I could have. Maybe no, I'm bugging. just four four. But he's like consistently been dropping like the visuals for. Stuff oh, I just mean like out. in his career. 
Oh, in his okay. career. I thought you meant 2017. No, I was no, like, did no, I miss no, something? No, okay. no, I'm just saying, like, gotcha. too many artists, like, too many artists don't do that. Gotcha. Like, come okay. out with no, double no, projects. I was, I was like, did yeah, I miss no, something? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Big Sean and uh, uh, Metro Boomin, who's sure hottest, <laughs> hottest, hottest producer right now, Metro Boomin in the game, um, came out with a project called Double to Nothing. Came out um, last week. And it's it's like the Jordan Lucas track, man. People are divided. People are divided. <laughs> but and, uh, for different reasons. A little for bit different more positive reasons. reasons. Uh, some people are saying that, obviously, Big Sean and Metro Boomin is a is a match made in heaven and they're doing some great things. Some people are coming together saying, like, you people know, this really shit is... It. Yeah, some people are actually genuinely saying that. And some people oh, are saying funny. that this shit, this shit is trash. That's... I mean... Tr- Joe Budden said yeah. they they said Joe how do you feel about um double or nothing trash that's I that, mean you know he's he just, all, he's always going to be as far on yeah, the other yeah, side yeah, as yeah. possible but he's when he gonna said keep it, his p- opinions as far away from other people as but possible when he, but when he he's yeah. he's a contrarian yeah, yeah. but when he but when he said but I could feel that trash reverberate in my body a little bit because he's kind of correct in, in in my immediate in my immediate feeling when i listened to this um i just was like yo i feel like metro gave him the beats that nobody else wanted because <laughs> there there are a couple tracks where i'm like the yeah beat. i feel like he got the beats that metro was like yo this shit, is, this shit this shit is hot this shit is hot and then sean was like all right cool and he tucked all the fire for like 21 Savage or like Migos because like if we get into like if we get into the, the title track that everybody knows I'll, I'll play a little bit for you right now this is going to be um, Pull Up and Wreck this actually features uh, 21 Savage so just he's give me a moment twice, right? yeah uh, no he's actually on it one time so this is the uh, the track that everybody knows called Pull Up and Wreck Pull up with the spark hit you in the dark Whoa. When you swim with sharks, I'm in a car like Tony Starks, cause I'm not smart. Park, like I'm in my yard. That's that's pull up and wreck. And uh too many people don't notice that first what's interesting about that song is he had a little shot for Kendrick in the beginning. Uh and Kendrick's loyalty video, um, there was some scenes where he was like in he was like dodging sharks and like these other things mm-hmm. and he referenced he he referenced that shit he was like yo I like mean, Sean Loki been been coming for Kendrick for oh, for, for, a cool, a while, for a cool minute for a cool while for a cool while right he he has he has been and, he definitely has been and you know the conspiracy theorists the hip hop conspiracy theorists on you know YouTube are claiming that Kendrick has been taking shots with his you know with Kendrick, like Humble Kend- you know that is a shot but, you know, yeah, Humble, but, but I'm, but Humble I'm saying, was not just a shot you know, yeah. Humble was like a yeah, but, but I'm saying like, like he let he lit his ass Kend- up. Kendrick is so smooth with his shots that you have to really break it down, and it's all a guess. With Sean and a lot of other artists, like when they're taking a shot, you know they're taking a shot. With Kendrick, you can decipher in so many different different ways, and I hope Kendrick never gets stoops to like that stoops to that level where it's like, oh, this is clearly you, because you can say that about a lot of his tracks where he's taking shots at Drake, but it's all speculation. You know what I'm saying? But 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 we need this. But this is what we need. We know, need but, somebody to just come out and just be like, no, bro. But, you know what, bro? I'm better than you. I'm better than you. Thing, My album's every, better than yours. And but we don't we don't need that from from Kendrick. Like he, I think I like again. I like the subliminals. I think when everyone knows like the, you're like. 
the ambiguity I, of it yes to just I, like not know yes. who he's coming for when you're on that level yes i feel like you should not stoop down to that level like everyone knows kendrick is better than sean that's not even a real debate sean knows kendrick is better that's, than sean get I'm the going, fuck out of here i'm going to debate it <laughs> i'm going to do a joe button and debate it when you know it and you know your competitor knows it not on some cocky shit but Sean knows Kendrick is better. Like you don't. Sean invented. Down. Sean invented. Trust me. Sean invented a flow though. No. Sean I, invented. No, I'm not before hearing, that whole not, like sing songy and that never, simile metaphor shit. Big Sean was the, the one doing here's that shit thing. first. No, I'm not knocking Sean at all. Trust me. You're gonna hear me talk about all the people I think is trash. I do not push push on in the trash category. I don't put him in the greats. Underachieving. Yes. I put him. <laughs> This is gonna sound like I'm like I'm throwing shade, but let me explain myself. I put him in the category of the mediocres, and I know the word mediocre has negative connotations, but when you really look at the definition of mediocre, it just means not great but not horrible. You're just there. He's he's average, and I mean, you know, with hip hop today, maybe he's a little above average because hip hop is is, you know, is kind of trash bar, yeah. right now. So, but he's just consistently mediocre right. he's not like raising he has not Plateau. raised the bar Plateau. in since like 2009 2010 i don't think he has like really challenged himself to do much better i listened to this beat which you know is metro booming but of course he has to like agree to these beats i listen to this beat and i hear it bounce back in my head you feel me so he's not he's not raising the bar for himself as an artist he's not trying to elevate himself as an artist he's really just coasting and and to compare him to someone like Kendrick, who every album has a completely different vibe to it, completely different type of people who feature on it, completely different artistry, no one in their right mind is legitimately going to act like these two are on the same plateau. So if Kendrick was to drop down to that level and be like, you know what, I'm going to take these shots at Sean and it's going to be up. No, Kendrick... Keep your flow. Keep your subliminals. We like trying to decipher your shit and figure don't out give what's anybody, going on in Don't your give head. anybody free, free exactly. publicity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, Sean, to me, I get what you're saying. Dark Sky Paradise, his best project. Detroit, the mixtape, one of his best projects. I was, okay, I was going to say, I like, would put Detroit over that. Like one of but, his best projects, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that when he keeps rapping lines like this one, I do it for the dogs and nowadays we husky. Or when you get into the track that he has with Cash Doll, so good when they're talking about, you know, pussy and, and fucking and whatever, sex. Mm -hmm. I'm a splash, I'm a splash, pop a pill, I won't even I won't even do have, do the whole thing, I'm a last, I'm a last, pussy so good, I never fuck you in the ass. I'm like, yo, like I mean, damn, man, I, I get it. I get that mm -hmm. so I get that, you know, so gone so good. Is definitely one of them tracks like for the club. It's, it has that, it has that um, DJ Mustard West Coast mm -hmm. vibe to it. And for those that you have not heard it, just give me a moment. Yeah, yeah. Metro on the beat, Metro on the beat. Yeah, Metro on that beat. Hey, it's so good, pussy so good. If I could quit my job and fuck you all day shit, I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. If I could it definitely that is got definitely it. West Coast yeah, it's vibes got, it's right definitely here. Got some coming like, from a girl straight out of Oakland. That is straight yeah, up West Coast I'm getting some vibe. E40. I'm getting some like E40 shit. type type vibes going Too on right now. Too straight about to hop on that real Hell quick yeah, on the remix. Bitch. Shit. 
yeah. but yeah, I mean, and it was interesting is that this 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 song is definitely geared towards the club, is geared towards the ladies, get them out their seats. But that's I, a ma- that's the majority of Sean's music. I get it, right? That's a, I, and, that's his appeal. And the crazy thing is about on this song so good. This is track number five. Um, he features Cash Doll, who mm-hmm. comes from who comes out of Detroit as well, and she had the best feature on, on the, the whole on the whole album. Yeah on a whole album and that says a lot in a good way it says a good it says a lot in a good way that a female has the best feature on the album who else he has on the album he has young thug on the album by the way that young thug feature on uh on even the odds if he had given thugger a full verse i would have been like into it because i really was fucking with that beat Mm-hmm. The beat that he had on Even the Eyes, I was like, this this shit is like fire the way that they played it out. Um, but he had two chains on it. Um, he had Young Thug on it. He had 21 Savage on it. And, and those are some big names. Yeah. And the fact that Cash Doll, woman coming out of Detroit, she had to represent. She had to represent and she brought town, it. She brought ladies. it for the ladies. Detroit, showing Detroit love. So I feel like she knew that she had to like to bring it. And I mean, Sean, he touches on a lot of political, socio-economical situations. Like he talks on, you know, Savage Time. You know, mm-hmm. he talks about bringing the water to the president. You know, and the, and the water not even being good enough from Flint for him to put it in the sink. Yeah. You know, so he he comes up with these songs where he's talking about his grandmother, his mom. He's talking about his family. He's talking about his values. And like to me, I think that there's a lot of substance to his shit, but he packages it in such a simple way. Mm-hmm. Simple, and I don't mean that in, in a positive connotation. It's simple. It doesn't. He doesn't like. He doesn't get your brain moving to where you're thinking about his yeah. bar because he's very direct in his lines. He's very, very, very direct in his lines. Yeah, you know what I. I- I think overall, like, yeah, he has his bars and all that, but I think overall, I think he really just rests on the fact that he has such an appealing voice because a big part of being a rapper, a likable rapper, is having a voice that people want to listen to, just the tone of your voice itself. And if you don't have that appealing voice, then you have to be heavy on the bars. Like, Kendrick's Kendrick got a weird-ass voice, let's be real. Or, like, DMX has a rough-ass voice, so you better drop bars because people aren't just going to listen to you. Or Meek Mill, like, you have to drop bars because no one's going to listen to you yelling and screaming at them for 20 minutes straight but I think he really relies on the fact well I don't want to say he really relies on it but I think that's a factor the fact that he has such an appealing voice because if you listen except for when he has his little ad-libs he's very monotonous you know his the tone of his yeah, voice is him, very 21 Savage yeah. they have those like just those monotone like monotone voices the same shit don't change it, but it's a very appealing voice and makes people want to listen to it so you have to throw in those like ad-libs but I mean I think because he has found I, I just think he's too comfortable in hip hop I think that's really what it is. I think he's too. I don't think he's feeling the heat. I don't think he's feeling the heat on his exactly. on his heels. I mean, but Kendrick, that's what happens Kendrick when you're in this middle, this middle, middle of the pack. Yeah, when yeah. you're mediocre. When like, you're mediocre, you can come out with lines like "So fuck all y'all, praise Allah." Is my parag like Bobby, bruh? Massages <laughs> by Nadia. In my caps like Mario, I give this shit my heart and soul. You boys got got no cardio. All my soldiers rock army clothes. <laughs> I fuck with Sean. I fuck with Sean. But if you keep coming out with lines like this, it's hard, man. Like I I rode for Sean for a long time. Oh no, me finally me too. famous the mixtape. I was too, on it, yo, me and I was too. like like I, I was with Sean. And then like when he came up, you know what it started when he came up with Hall of Fame. When he came out with Hall of Fame, that's when people started scrutinizing him heavy because they were like, my man, you came out with a song called, uh, album 
called Hall of Fame, which means that you are calling yourself a legend already. And that album was not legendary. So it's like, bro, it's like a fail. It's a it's it's a PR fail. And then you start getting you start getting this energy where people start comparing you. Then you come out with control. Kendrick outdoes you on control. Mm-hmm. He he kills you on control. You don't even put it on the album because you in your bag. Well, you, you, you deep better in your, not put that shit you on deep, album. You, Make yourself look Listen, silly. man, you deep. Like you deep in your bag on, on the on the control on the control mix um remix. And you feel in some type of way, which kinda like adds insult to injury that the song is so fire that you don't put it on there. Um I mean and then from there on, you, you he he comes out with some hits. He has hits. Oh, he definitely has he hits. Has he's been hits. had hits. He but he's definitely a hit rapper, and that's a great problem to have. Yeah. All my uh, all my shits is hits, and you know when you look at when you look back at his catalog and you look back at his career, you can look you know look at him and say you know what dude, you done it. He just bought a eight he just bought an eight point seven million dollar uh, mansion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying he obviously he's doing what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. He's spearheading a good music label right without now. Without completely selling out. Without to the completely culture, selling so out. Respect. So I can respect that he's struggling with finding the balance between being a rapper, a rapper's rapper, like mm-hmm. a ri- or like or like they say a rippity rap nigga, mm-hmm. or a legitimate mature rapper yeah. who's. Just make he's thirty. He's twenty nine. Yeah, now. I mean, I don't think we're ever gonna see that Big Sean him. break out into like some crazy type stuff. Like, like you said, like he's a very great commercial rapper. He's not someone who I will put in the category of creating rap for the purpose of it being art. You know, Kendrick creates art with his music. Big Big Sean's not that type, and I feel like we don't need to push him to be that type. He's completely content with where he is in life because, or in the uh, hip-hop industry because, you know, just, just like with life in general, when you do the bare minimum and consistently... People are going to expect that from you. But the second you go above that, people are going to... That's the new expectation. So if Kendrick... I mean, if uh, Big Sean is going to go above what we already expect of him, then he has consistently put out that work. And then that also opens you up to ridicule. Because if you you give us the impression that you're going to give us something great and then you give us something mediocre again, then that's when your sales decline. That's when people start to scrutinize you. That's when people start to really nitpick your work. Right. And that's... And start expecting and exactly. start expecting disappointment. Exactly. And that's, from you. that's what it is to be an artist, no matter what field of art you're in, whether it's music, whether it's theater, whether it's... Shit, that applies to even us. Exactly. We got to so, continuously... Exactly. So yeah. with Kendrick, like, he consistently, like... The second he puts something out, he knows that it's either they're going to hate it, they're going to love it, they're going to nitpick, they're going to do that. But that is art itself, and that's what he's okay with doing. That's what he wants to do. But Big Sean, like, when I heard that he was going to drop this, I didn't think he was going to put out, like, to pimp a butterfly. You feel me? Like, I expected a Big Sean album. And so while I think this, whether it's a collab album or not, I wanted to say that it was underwhelming, but at the same time, it was expected. So I can't really say that. Maybe it's under. It's only going to be underwhelming if you're a heavy Sean fan and you expected greatness. Then you're going to be like, "Wow, this is disappointing." But if you don't expect more than what he's already given you, then then it's going to be what it is. We always expect more from Kendrick. We expect more from Cole. We expect more from these artists who actually 
we can tell that they put but, in a large amount of effort into their work. Into their work. So it just depends Sean, on what kind of artist you on are. On that part, I think I would have to disagree with you because I know that Sean puts his all. No, no, no I'm not okay. saying that he doesn't put in effort or whatever, okay. but I'm talking about when you, there's a difference between putting in a lot of time and effort into creating a cohesive album, an album that people are going to like, something that um, can still appeal to your core fans and bring in new fans. But then there's a different level of turning this into like keep from this being a project to this being art there's a it. difference with so he's kendrick, coming out with projects yes, and kendrick Curry, and i'm not trying to say this to like really be like riding kendrick i'm just using him as an example shut up get the I'm, just, I'm just using this as an example because he's taking shots at kendrick and yeah. and that's the kind of part of the conversation is them two against each other because i could say this about a lot of different artists but i'm saying this because with kendrick we never know what we're gonna get from him. Nah, you don't. And I mean, you just know we, that you're gonna get some wild shit. But we know shit. we're gonna get something Some shit. that is going to be talked about for the whole year. Yeah. No one in the right mind, whether you're a Big Sean fan or not, is going to assume that we're gonna be talking about Big Sean anything for a whole yeah, year. He came we didn't up. even talk about him breaking up with his crazy ass girlfriend for yeah, a whole nah, year. So he, when he came out, with, he came out. So Big Sean came out with "I Decided," which was um. His latest studio mm -hmm. solo album earlier this year. I think it came out in February. And I played it and it was like it kinda like so he had he had he had some moments. Mm -hmm. He has a track with Eminem on there where it's like his his bars is really high. Yeah. Then he has these moments I with Janae. Janae Aiko. He has a great song with her too. <clears throat> Jumping out the window. You know, like he has some good tracks on there. But like you said, it kinda like plateaus. It's kinda like middle of the road for him and then I don't recall playing it into the summer that I mean and that's like, my you know point I don't, because I don't... he's not trying to put out his work to seem like it is art when Kendrick gives you something he's like yo this is art hold that you like, hold you on like to it that. or you Jay-Z is the same exact way yeah, he's like that. yo I put in a lot of time and effort into this you might not like it but like this is this is something that people are gonna talk about whether you like it or not. Right. Big Sean is like, I'm I'm gonna get this paper whether you like it or not. Exactly. You, you feel me? So, that, so that's my take on with uh. So obviously you know I think that I, I like Sean, right? Yeah, I, 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 I know. I like I like, I like Big, Big Sean, Sean too. I just think that him doing one producer and it just didn't bring out the best in him, right? For Jay Z did it with four four four. No mm -hmm. ID brought the best out of Jay in that in that moment. And that kind of brings us to a, our next topic. Our our rap collaborations helping or hurting hip hop. You know, and people if you look at it from the basic level, right? Mm -hmm. You could almost overlap this conversation with what's going on in the NBA. Yeah. People are saying, yo, big three getting together, ruining the game. Big three uh getting together, ruining the game, right? Mm -hmm. And then now I don't want to watch it no more. So now you got Jay-Z and Kanye getting together for Watch the Throne, which was a pretty underwhelming project for me. Mm -hmm. I just think that hip-hop collaborations, if you're going to get together on the mic, you there has to be balance, right? So you get into these projects like Future. Future and uh, Drake, Young Thug. Uh, Future and Young I mean, Thug came out with uh, Super Slimy this mm -hmm. year. Unbalanced, right? Not really balanced. Beats was sounding, beats was sounding good. Thugger was actually, you know, he's actually sounding cohesive, like in like you can make out what he was saying. I don't give the it, time of day. I know, sorry, but. Um, but like mm -mm. Drake and Futures, what a time to be alive, mm -hmm. unbalanced. Jay Z and and um, Jay Z and 
uh, Kanye, unbalanced. Big Sean and Metro, unbalanced. Fab and Jada Kiss, super unbalanced. I know everyone is talking about Friday Night on Elm Street right now, mm-hmm. and they're talking about like it's the best thing that's come out, and I'm like. No, no. Fab was rapping circles around Jada Kiss. I was going to when you see what Fab puts out, I think he's definitely a very underrated Super rapper underrated. and has been for years. Yeah. No. Him and Jada Kiss, I feel like that was like, uh, like Fab. I mean, I get it. I, I still want to hear projects from Fab, but when you put him side by side with Jada Kiss, and I was talking about, I was in a barbershop yesterday. Shout out to the shout out to Just Us Barbershop in Brooklyn. Um, I was at the barbershop. I was talking to my barber Slim and uh, him and um, my man. We was all just having this conversation about this. And we were just saying to ourselves, like, look, at the end of the day, Fab and Fab and Jay, they completely different. You know, yeah. they different type of rappers. And Fab was just going ham, going ham. As, uh, he had quotables. Expected. He had quotables all day. And it just and Jada Kiss was just not keeping up, and then that just oop, it just just tips it. Yeah. Like when he passed the mic off, it's like when I have an idea, and then you come through, like, yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> the viewers gonna be like, all right, on balance because yeah, yeah. you gotta pick the baton. I'm giving you the mic, you gotta hold it down too. Yeah, I mean, I personally am not a fan of collab. I'm not opposed to him. I'm not a fan. Like, when I say I'm not a fan, when you say that, does it help or hurt hip-hop? I don't think it does either. One, because hip-hop is so experimental. There's no, like, set set guidelines for hip-hop. You know, it's really something that was created in the woodworks, and it's still being created as we speak. But the reason why I'm not so much a fan of collab albums, one, because I feel like they're more the purpose of them are more for profits and for um for bringing two audiences together again for profit and the other is because i don't think i don't think we're gonna benefit from a collab album like i'm not to, not to say that there aren't good collab albums are there because there definitely are but it's like you take two really great artists and put them together and you assume that they're going to create something great but it's like two good things don't always come together yeah, to make a better thing that's true and it's like i like, mean there, there are a lot of great examples of it working but there are, i think there are more examples of it not working yeah because because here's the thing when you think about collab albums and people who try to create out al- uh, collab albums especially in the past like five ten years or so they're always people that are dominant in the industry for the most part like they might not be the greatest out like drake and future they're not the greatest out but they both dominate in their fields within hip-hop so when you put them together it's 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 like it's just like what's the what's the point it's right. i think it's just for profits you're like oh we really like drake oh we really like future let's put them together we're gonna really like it even more and it's like no same with jay and kanye they're both two i mean i personally did like watch the throne again like i think it was underwhelming only if you expected something great from it i i just think it it's jay and kanye you put two legends together you're gonna expect legendary shit which is understandable but it's like when individually they already create legendary shit it's like bringing i don't know i'm just I don't think I don't think it's something that's relevant to hip hop. Not relevant. I don't think it's something that's necessary to hip hop. It's like okay, if you want to do this, project, it's not. Ne- it's not necessary. Yeah, it's, it's like, not. It's kind of corny. You do, you it's kind of corny. It, but it's kind of yeah, corny. But it's like when you when you want to talk about hip hop greats, or if you want to talk about the disco- uh, discography of a hip hop artist, 
then you're not going to talk about Watch the Throne. You're going to talk about Kanye, Dropout, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, blah, blah, blah. You're going to talk about Jay-Z, Blueprint, da, 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 whatever. You're not going to talk about their collab album. Same thing with Future, even though he's not ever going to be discussed within the category of greats. You're going to talk about his Evil. individual you're gonna projects. You're going to talk about Drake's individual projects. These just seem like... It's like having stopovers, a feature. Like it's just like having a feature on a song times ten. It's yeah. it's unnecessary, but it's cool for the moment. That's really what it is. I think that I think that you can have two artists come together and be strong, but I think that it works, album, it works. It works. It works. It works better. It, it which is true because the collaborations work better when it's one rapper and one producer. Mm-hmm. Because I all of my favorite like all of my favorite collabor uh, well, but in collaborations. This case, that's what it was. It was Metro and Sean. But they have to connect, right? They have to kind of be cut from the same cloth, and the sound had the the producer has the latest soundtrack for the rapper to to kind of be able to flesh out the vocals a little bit. Yeah. So when you get into my favorite my favorite collaborations, right? Um, Smoke Dizza and P Rock came out with Don't Smoke Crack mm-hmm. last year. That was yeah. hands down one of my favorite projects that came out last year. One of my favorite albums of all time, right? MF Doom and Mad Lib came out with Mad Villainy in 2004. One of my favorite projects ever that came out, right? You got um you got um Royce the Five Nine and DJ Premier that came out with Prime. That's that was one of the best projects that came out that year too. And then but then you get these like albums where they kind of make it work, like Two Chains and Lil Wayne with Collar Grove kind of like made that work a little bit. But now you just get Two people, like you said, two people who don't really bounce off of each other well, who don't gel. I loved what I liked without warning. Let me take the word love back. I liked without <laughs> warning, right? I liked, I liked what 21 Savage and Offset did because they were two different, pol- they had polar opposites in terms of rapping styles and they, they kind of like completed each other. Mm-hmm. Like you said, 21 Savage is monotone. Offset is, he, he has a high energy. He has, a, he has a high energy yeah. So he kind of Balances each other out 21 Savage Is very basic And very direct And very visual In his lines Right Offset has this type Of creativity That kind of gets you Like he's trying to be witty Yeah 21 Savage Not trying to be witty He's like yo Shoot you with the gun Go to the park dog Like that's it And and Offset's got this Like creativity Where he wants to say it In all these different ways Yeah They kind of gel And work well together And I think that the beats that Big Sean probably should have got ended up on Without Warning because those yeah. beats on Without Warning, the fact that he came out with that and the fact that he came out with Nav, Nav, um, Perfect Timing, mm-hmm. with, with like those beats that he did on those solo projects got my expectations so high for Double or Nothing. And I feel like he just gave Sean like, now then it's like is this really a collab album because did you guys actually try to find the flows that work with certain beats and try to actually create within each other or did you just provide the beats and he, he just, just provided the rhymes exactly so then, then it's like yeah this is technically a collab album but it's like this ain't really a collab album you just did what every other rapper does oh beats let me you know yeah well every mediocre to below average rapper does oh dope beat let me rhyme over it so that's really what it was so look guys i mean obviously you know um you can let us know let us know your thoughts let us know how you feel about it um it's really important to kind of get your feedback because it's, it's a conversation it's a conversation 
that it, it, it spans generations. There have been a lot of Eric B and Rakim. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of collab, like a Tribe Called Quest is a collective, right? Together, working together. Say, Obviously, they had the energy. Collab, like, they collective had, and collab is two different things, though. Um, I think that, you know, you have um, a lot of examples of artists coming together to make it rock, to make it work. Pete Rock and CO Smooth, you know, they they like they kind of cultivated and curated music and lines and bars that kind of that complemented one another to create some of the best and uh, legendary um, projects that to ever come out. But speaking of working together, <laughs> working together, or rather not working together. What's going on with the ladies, the man? Ladies, ladies. so hip-hop. look, ladies of hip hop, it's just too much. You got Remy Ma, Azalea Banks, Bronx and Harlem, neck and neck. Neighbors going, can't even, can't even occupy the same, can't even occupy the same city this is right Coast now, thing right? Right here, because you and, can't name and <laughs> West like, Coast ladies for being like, like this. You got, you know, Young and May out in Brooklyn doing her thing, kind of like in her own lane. Nicki Minaj. So you got Remy Ma. What's with New York girls? What's, yo, what's up with y'all? You I got, ain't throwing shade, but you, come on, y'all. You got, Remy, you got Remy Ma, who's like the common denominator in the beef with Azalea. Not by her choice. Azalea threw some shots and posted some when shit and she? said some things and that she shouldn't have said. And Remy, obviously, you know, Petty Winslow. Like just said, fuck it, man. I'm airing out, and we and, and I know I've been doing the shots, but this is like grenade launcher. Yeah, she she posted Whoa. pics of Shorty's cookie online, talking about she need a the pussy rejuvenating shit, and I'm like, damn, man, you put her pussy on blast. You can't do that. And then like she was all in her DMs, all in her mentions, all in, all in all in just like. Well, let's work together. Let's work together. Fuck, fuck Nikki. Fuck this. Fuck that. And then you got the nerve to try to talk shit. And then try to. It's just like this basic catty high school shit where now you my bestie. Fuck that bitch. And then come back. Then it's like, okay, now I'm cool with her. Fuck that chick. And then now the chick that you said fuck you to was like, wait, 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 wait. You forgot that we was homies when you was talking shit. So now I'm gonna put your whole shit out there. But for but does it but what about the person that puts it out there? Because a lot of people are coming at Remy right now mm-hmm. because one, Remy's not dropping shit, right? Like yeah, she came up with the plat diplomo, that shit was whack. Then she came out with Wake Me Up with Lil' Kim and I, I I fuck with the beat and all that. That shit's not even in the billboard top two hundred right now. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. She was just named most influential artist by female artists by Mass Appeal for two thousand and seventeen. But she ain't come out with no music practically, so is she? So is she getting a leg up? Because Azalea Banks referenced her getting a leg up because of her reality TV platform, and that being her only saving grace. Her story is the thing that's saving her. Do you agree with that? I agree with that to a certain extent. Oh, that felt like a courtroom answer. Like, do yes, you agree judge. with that? <laughs> um, you know, you know what it is. What bugs me about this whole like conversation surrounding women in hip hop is it's just so inflated with bullshit and none of it is actually about hip hop itself it's not about artistry like we were talking about when guys beef in hip hop like it really is about the bar like yeah there's the pettiness talking about yeah I fucked your girl or whatever but at the end of the day it's still about the bars who had the better track who's the better artist all around it's not with that with women in hip hop it's who 
first, who can get more cosigns by the better male artist? Yeah. It's who's the baddest one, like who's the cutest, who got the fattest ass. It's the best all, pussy. it's all the stuff that has nothing to do with hip hop itself. And that really does come from the fact that it is a male dominated industry. But it's just it's like it's so easy to use that as an excuse but when you have reached the level that you've reached and you have the platform and the audience that you have you can't use that as an excuse anymore because now you can write your own narrative you can write your own story you can completely portray yourself the way you want to in this world in social media in society yet you still choose to go down to like these petty levels and do all this bullshit that is not relevant it's like let your music speak for itself that's why first of all azalea banks doesn't even need to be in this conversation at all because if i know more about your beef with every single person that i know your boss yeah then i can't name a azalea banks song like i've seen some of her work i've tried to listen to her music but it's like when i know more about your beef with Russell Crowe and T.I. and yeah, all these antics. other people, then your actual music itself, it's like, I can't even call you a hip-hop artist. Like, yeah, Nicki beats with people, yeah, female artists, like, have their, you know, their little battles or whatever, but it's like, at least, Remy can be petty because we know her body of work. Nicki can be petty, even though Cardi is new to the game, she can be petty because we know what she brings to the table when it comes to her artistry, and even still, I, like, I have my, my reservations about a lot of these, a lot of the top female hip-hop artists that are out right now, but it's like, when you at least have something to bring to the table that makes you a part of the conversation of hip-hop, not just women in hip-hop, but hip-hop in general, then you can be petty, I think you should kill the pettiness just a little bit, but you can be petty. But Azalea Banks doesn't even need to be a part of this conversation because she, her fame is completely based on Twitter beefs with people and all this irrelevant shit and her always trying to play the victim when she be doing a bunch of bullshit, but whatever. But what what bugs me about this whole discussion about women in hip-hop is the fact that more than one uh, female artist can occupy the space at once when it comes to being great. Not not even talking about top 10, top 5, but just being a great hip-hop artist, more than one woman can't occupy the space at once. It's like Nicki clearly was running the game for, like, a good, what, 8 years, 10 yeah. years? Like, she was really, like, killing that shit. But now like Cardi eight, comes yeah, like in years, yeah, yeah but it's like now Cardi comes in and she everyone's talking about how she's dominating Nikki just completely off of Bodak Yellow which is which is interesting like it's a it's, it's definitely yeah it's definitely a relevant you know conversation to have but it's like okay she drops one song and then now all of a sudden every, first of all the fact that clearly Nikki is so threatened by Cardi like that just that but just but, shows but that's what fuels yeah, the fire but that's what shows but that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, why can't she, even though on the surface she's trying to be like, oh yeah, Cardi's cool, but clearly there's there's some type of underlying hostility there. But it's like, why can't more than one woman occupy the space at once? And it's yeah. like, I'm not saying y'all gotta be besties. I'm not saying y'all gotta always feature on each other's tracks or whatever, because rivalry is a part of hip hop. Diss tracks, beef, all of that is a part of hip hop. That's a part of the culture of hip hop. I'm fine with that. But because you guys are women, and I'm not saying it should be like this, but because you guys are women, it's always going to turn more political. Oh, they can't get together because men this, feminism that, da-da-da. It's always going to be some bullshit and whatever. We can't, we can't 
necessarily help that. But you guys have the power to change that narrative. But when you guys decide to come at each other and do all this petty shit on social media and y'all on Instagram live talking shit and dropping pictures of each other's coochies and all this other stuff, it's like, it's like, what are y'all doing? Like, yeah, like I, this is why this is part of the reason why people can't take female hip hop artists seriously and it's such a shame because there's so many talented female artists out there who don't get the praise that they should because they're not out there doing some like loving hip hop type shit they're not out here beefing with everybody they're not out here talking about I'm the baddest bitch I could fuck your dude and all this other stuff yeah. and it's, it's such a shame and it's like yes dudes have been doing to this for so long within this industry but it's like now y'all are doing it to each other it's like y'all can't even blame dudes anymore it's, like who are you trying to impress it'd be different if like in the male dominated industry that music is which is true it'd be different if you know there were more female artists mm-hmm. it'd be different right because there's a select few like even on my list right here I, I can only name you a good eight eight females that are in the game right now mm-hmm. you got three of them that are trying to take each other out you got you got one of them. I even put I put Lil Kim in it just because she does. She's still living and breathing on this earth, um, so you have to factor her in. And she just did rap, I guess, on that song. Um, but you know, you got one that's really non-existent. Two, like you just said, Azalea Banks, Lil Kim. Let's put them to the side and say they're non-existent, mm-hmm. right? You got but Nikki. They are in separate categories, just right? To make that clear. Yeah, but separate yeah. lanes. But you got no. Nikki. Remy and you got Cardi who are all at each other to be like I'm the baddest bitch I'm the top one right mm-hmm. so that and then so now you got Rhapsody and you got Young and May Young and May only has that one song so she's in that Bodak Yellow type <laughs> category she, she's got yeah cause she she yeah. tries to be a dude you know what I'm saying she mm-hmm. tries to be a dude and kind of comes off like with that machismo shit but that kind of like kind of puts her in this but she doesn't want to be categorized with the with the women so she kind of wants to be over here, right? But okay. she's still she's still technically a woman, and she, I mean, regardless, still over there, male, woman, whatever. I mean, your bars ain't, ain't yeah, even it, in this category, period. So, so that, that's why I'm laughing. The it has thing nothing is, to do with it. so then, so now, out of a seven, out of a seven or eight category, like female category that I have, half of them are done, and the only three three that matter are beefing. So you got Ken- Kendrick and Cole just got us. They're about to have a song out together on uh on Jeezy's upcoming album. They have a he has a song with both of them on the same shit. Migos was able to get, you know, obviously they were able to get the get these two ladies on the track Motorsport. Obviously if you haven't heard it, you know, I'll give you a little bit of it right now too. Same lips that be talking about me is the same lips that be ass kissing. These hoes saying what they say they are and they pussy think they catfish. Same hoes that were sending shots, they reaching out like they back itching. Why would I hop in some beef? When I could just hop in the Porsche, you her she gon' do what from who? That's not a reliable source. So yeah, you got Cardi on one part um, on that track, and then you were able they were able to also get. Nikki on another part as well. Nick, you just do a hit with Gotti. That on be violent, but if Nikki on it, it slaps, ho. Get you line for that paper like a loose leaf when that strap blow. I'm with a couple bad bitches that'll rip the party. If Quavo the QB, I'm Nick Lombardi. Pull up in a space coupe on a link with Marty. I can actually afford to get a pink Bugatti. And hey, yo, Nick, then you just do a hit with Gotti. So yeah, it was able to get the two of them on the track together, and it's, it's just really important that you remember that at the end of the day. You know, you're able to get great artists on on the same songs and they're able to make a hit together. But with this, it was just like, 
oh, they're talking at each other, right? Yeah. They're talking to each other, at each other, about each other on the same track. And if you, and I'm pretty sure that if Kendrick and J. Cole do this track with Jeezy and, and it does what I think it's going to do, they'll say the same thing about that too. And that's fine. It's all in competition. But I really mm -hmm. blame the fans. I really do blame the fans because I think the fans kind of put the battery in the backs of these artists to be like, nah, f like you're the baddest, so you got to make it a point to discredit the next person. Because then you got Remy with her crew, and then you got Nikki with her crew. The crews are going at it, so eventually the artists are going to say things to facilitate to keep that energy going. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then that's when you get ready your interview, you get the media involved, right? Get the media involved, and then they start kind of creating, creating these situations. The whole Big Sean and Kendrick control beef started from the media. They were yeah. just they weren't rapping at each other on that track, but the media got a hold of it. Kendrick killed you on your own song, and that was the theme. And then that's the th that's the shit that made Big Sean get defensive and say what he had to say. They took that, made it sound like Big Sean was coming at Kendrick, and now you now you facilitated a legitimate, <clears throat> subtle situation See, between two rappers, and that's I fine. I don't know about that because if you, I don't know if you ever listened to I forgot what what show it was that J Cole was on. Maybe it was Ebro. I don't remember. You know, Control came out, what, 2014? Some yeah. shit like that. Um, but after Kendrick dropped Control, because the thing is, I remember how crazy, like, shit was when Kendrick dropped, uh, dropped Control. But when you really listen to uh, Control, like, yeah, he's taking shots. But one, he's not getting personal with anyone. He's name dropping so many people that it's not like he's really attacking y'all. He's really just like, yo. I'm here, like, y'all need to step your shit up because I'm shitting on all y'all. It wasn't even on some, like, some, like, disrespectful type shit, even though, yeah, I mean, it was on Sean's song. But it's, like, even um, Cole was talking about on the show, he was like, damn, he name-dropped me. He called up Kendrick because, you know, they they cool peoples or whatever because they, they've collabed a few times. And he was like, yo, like, are we cool? Like, you... And Kendrick, like, told him, like, it was no, no beef. It wasn't on some, like, hostile type shit. He was just like, I'm trying to tell people to step up their game yeah, because, like, in these next couple of years, I'm about to really drop some shit. And if y'all don't step it up, I'm about to shit on all y'all. Right. And... And we can't say that for women in hip-hop right now. Like, there's no... It'd be different if this was, like, how I said beefing and rivalry is a part of hip-hop. It'd be different if it was just on the surface. That's why it's, like, on the surface, I'm not mad at it. But this is where it gets political. When you start, like, taking shots at women's sexuality and you're talking about, like, their appearance and them being a hoe and your pussy staying and all this other stuff, that's when it becomes a completely different thing. This isn't just a hip-hop rival. This is straight up... There can only be one woman, and it's be gonna one. be me. Whereas with dudes, it's like, okay, yeah, there can only be, it's only one rapper. It's not there can only be one dude. So look, man. So it's it's a completely completely different vibe of women. It's it's a whole different situation when it comes to women's rivalries and men in hip hop. Right now, I will say that top dog right now is Rhapsody, who just dropped a fantastic album, Layla's Wisdom, and until Nicki can chill on these features and decide to come out with a project of her own that's just the way that's just the way it's gonna be man she really ain't got a lot of solo projects under her belt like that's she should have so, more she should generally she, have more by now you would think she had more cause she's always she's always face. there but it's someone who's topping hip hop for the women like but you, my point my point with Nikki no is that my, my, pick, my point with Nikki is that I feel like she should be have a little bit more integrity with the projects that she aligns herself with because mm -hmm. icons should be working with icons 
yeah. you know what I'm saying so the fact that she's stepping it down and doing and, and jumping on everybody's track to just be like in the conversation I feel like she's just kind of selling herself out just to get a verse out and I just think that that's not cool I think that she's elevated to a point where she can just you know pick and choose what she wants to do and she can just do that you know like you don't see Beyonce coming down and just do a track with any and everybody I was gonna say you, you know what it is is Nikki came into the game with people who were iconic at the moment and still are yeah. iconic she came into the game with Young Money she came in with Wayne so that was her norm so she doesn't know anything other than that so she probably doesn't feel like she's stooping down a level right. you know what I'm saying like she's just kind of branching off and doing whatever because her coming out with a cosign from Wayne and Drake and all these people Drake you know was establishing establishing himself around the same time Nikki was but her being co-signed by all these people who were super relevant at the time like there that was her standard so it's not so much that she's dropping her standards or whatever it's just she has been allowed the platform to have so much freedom to do whatever she wants but it's like as far as her collaborating with greats right now, I mean, the greatest person she has collaborated within the last couple of years is Beyonce, and that's not even hip-hop. She's not going to get on a track with Cole. She's not going to get on a track. And I'm not even saying that she wouldn't. I'm saying they he probably... wouldn't reach out. Like, no one... That would be such a weird appeal. Like, that, people would attack Cole for some shit like that or Kendrick for some shit like that's, that. Yeah, that's, so, that's probably true, man. So it's like, so you have to... Because Nikki doesn't have a lot of solo projects under her belt, she has to keep collaborating with people who are relevant at the time. So, yeah, she's going to be on track with Migos, and she's going to probably drop a track with 21 Savage, and whoever the next couple of people to pop out of the woodworks in the next few years, that's who she's going to collab with. Because, yeah. like, it's weird because she's so well-established, but she's not well-established as a solo artist, which is weird because it's not like you were ever in a group, like... Beyonce had to establish herself as a solo artist. Alpha. But because she was a part of Young Money, even though they've completely disintegrated, like, she has that under her belt. She has so many projects with Wayne, who's going to be, regardless of what he's going through now, is going to be top 10 rappers for most people. In, of all time. You know? So it's like, she doesn't, it, you know, she, does, she doesn't have to do too much to stay relevant in the game. So now that Cardi is coming in, without cosigns from dudes, Cardi's cosign is social media, which is what's so unique about Cardi B. Like, people like her because she's funny and because of her personality and all that. She didn't need a cosign from Migo. She was popping before she got with Offset. That's what's so unique about her, and I think that's why Nicki's so threatened. Dang. Not just because she's a female rapper. Because every year... BT Awards or whatever, there's always the top female. Nikki knows she's gonna get it because it's a bunch of people we've never heard of. But Remy got it last. Remy got it I last time. No. Okay, not, not the last, but I'm saying for oh, so yeah. long. Perennial. Perennial. For so long, half the time we're like, who are these other female rappers? Yeah. But I think that's why Nikki's so threatened because someone without a cosign, someone who's not with some big hip hop collab or not collab, but um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Of Whatever, collective. some big collective. There you go. She, Cardi has done all this completely based Without on her personality Without and her machine. present on social media. So she and did she on was her able own. and she was able to achieve that number one solo exactly. track, which that's is another why, thing too. That's why Nicki is so threatened. Other than the fact that right at this point there can only be one female in the game, so that's why she's so threatened. Nicki hasn't been able to do much on her own. Yeah, man. But listen, guys. Um. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Obviously, there's a lot that we talked about today. We, you know, there's a lot of room for you to let us know mm -hmm. how you feel. 
Thank you for tuning in to Run the Tape. Drop your comments on one of our social media pages. We look forward to reading what you have to say. The show may be over, but to continue the conversation, log on to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and follow us at Run the Tape.